Hi, and thanks for hitting the snooze button. I'm Neil Headley. We're trying to help people fix their sleep by figuring out why mine is so horribly broken, and maybe we can stumble upon some answers together. And in that spirit of togetherness, let's put a bow on the question that came up last week about setting up a forum or a chat room or something like that for bedheads to get together and talk each other through all things COVID-19 and coronavirus. The short answer is that, yes, we're working on something. We're very much in a research phase of trying to come up with something that's both useful and secure. And the best way to stay updated on our progress is to follow us on the socials. Our handle everywhere, be it Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook, is Get Your Snooze On. But right now, let's get you to this week's guest. Dr. Céline Bastien is the president of the Canadian Sleep Society. She's an ambassador for their Sleep On It campaign, a full professor at the School of Psychology at Laval University in Quebec City, and a researcher at the Cervo Brain Research Center. There's a lot to unpack here about sleep and the immune system as it relates to coronavirus and COVID-19 and why the sleep world is having such a tough time getting the message through. Here is Dr. Céline Bastien. I'm so excited that you had room for this today in your schedule. I know that uh, times are a little crazy right now, but crazy though they may be, I need to ask you the same first question that every guest on the show gets, whether they are a world-class neuroscientist, a rock star, or the president of the Canadian Sleep Society. How did you sleep last night? (laughs) My sleep was very good last night. (laughs) I usually sleep very well. So for you, what does uh, what does very good or I sleep very well, what does that look like? Are you getting the seven to nine or how does that work for you? Yes, I do get my seven to nine hours. Uh, last night, in fact, I had eight hours, so that's pretty good. And it's even the alarm clock that woke me up this morning. So, <laughs> yeah, that, that was pretty good. It does happen at time that I do have bad nights, like I think everybody else. And it depends mostly if I had something sweet in the evening because I have a sweet tooth. So that's will jeopardize with my sleep as well as uh, sometimes alcohol, you know, things like that. So, yeah, that might... Uh, let's say, be more awkward to, for my sleep. <laughs> but besides that, I usually sleep pretty well. So on a night where sleep just isn't showing up for you, do you, ha- do you have one specific go-to thing that you do that if you're just having a rough night and it's not happening for you, you go, okay, well, I need to do this and then I'll fall asleep? Uh, yeah, uh, because most of the time when I have a bad night is that I will wake up at around four o'clock or five o'clock in the morning and not able to go back to sleep. And I'm someone who goes to bed usually at around one o'clock. So, you know, this is my regular schedule. And so when I wake up at five or something like that, what I do, I get out of bed, I go in another another room like their living room or something like that i read or i do something different and then when i feel that i'm ready to go back to sleep i go back to my bed and usually it works pretty well 
That's a strategy I keep hearing from a lot of people, and I feel like that's one that I need to try out. I mean, there's a version of that that I got from Dr. Linnell Schneeberg, who was on Mm -hmm. this show before, runs uh, the sleep center at Connecticut Children's Medical Center, who says she thinks the best thing you can have if you're having trouble sleep is a book light and a good stack of books on your bedside table and just read them right there until you're drowsy. And she says that works for her, and that's what she recommends to other people, too. So it seems like reading is the go-to for a lot of people, or maybe should be. Well, do you know why reading is so good? Oh, I like the way you put that. I have a sense you're about to tell me. (laughs) Well, one of the thing is that when you are reading, your eye movements are the same than the eye movements you get when you are in your first uh, stage of sleep. So it might promote the, the sleep because the eye movements are very similar. So this is one of the reasons why so many people use reading to fall asleep. That makes a lot of sense. That makes a whole lot of sense. Um, I want to talk about this uh, Sleep On It campaign that the Canadian Sleep Society is doing. What's interesting is the as we're learning more and more about coronavirus and COVID-19, we're learning and you're reading everywhere now and hearing everywhere about the importance of sleep as, among other things, uh, a way to strengthen your immune system. And what's interesting is that the Canadian Sleep Society has been talking about this since September uh, in terms of the Sleep On It campaign long before COVID-19 was on anybody's radar. And so I mean, to a certain degree, that must be a little bit frustrating for all of a sudden now the entire world has shifted its attention and gone, oh, maybe we should just be getting better sleep. And you get to stand there and say, yes, we've been telling you that for months and months now. (laughs) Well, Neil, I must say that it's uh, I, I guess it's not frustrating. It's just a great opportunity to, you know, to finally Uh, that people recognize that sleep is one of the pillars of health as exercise is, as, you know, what you eat is. So uh, even though we've been, you know, researcher, I've been working for years and years on sleep before, you know, the area, the the era of dreams, uh, you know, it was dreams that were all over the research. But then afterwards, sleep became, you know, really linked and it's been for more than 20 years that we know that it's linked with our immune system. But, you know, people, it, it wasn't getting through. The message wasn't getting through. So, yes, the campaign in 2019 in September was a great way to inform the public, you know, because it's the first national campaign for the public, aimed at the public. And this is great because you find all kind of files and interviews and all kinds of uh, information about how your sleep is uh, uh, affecting your daily activities or your decision making or your attention or whatever and the effect it has on your body. Um, At the same time, I would say that this particular situation is putting sleep a little bit on the map. And this is great because it's attracting a lot of attention. And we're kind of um, 
I'm not saying happy about that, but the campaign is getting known a little bit better. People is uh, are finally using, you know, the different um, ways to communicate with us uh, ambassadors and researcher and so forth to know more about their sleep. And I, I'm not saying that I salute the current situation, but at the same time, you know, it's a uh, like I mentioned, it's an opportunity for us to finally tell the government and other instances that sleep is really important. So why do you think, because I mean, I, I'm frequently looking at the, the groups on websites like Reddit and Facebook and all these places where people gather to complain about their insomnia. And I look at the things that they're talking about and I look at the solutions that people are coming up with, which if I hear one more person say that you just need to take more melatonin, I think I'm going to jump through the screen and strangle somebody. Um, why do you think it has taken so long for the message to actually get through to people that sleep matters? Is it because all 7 billion of us on the planet sleep at some point? Is it just that sleep comes at some point for everybody anyway, so we don't feel like it's something we necessarily need to work on? Well, I, I think that, you know, there are many reasons. Sleep is supposed to be natural. So people believe that sleep will eventually come back, you know, on itself or something like that. The second thing is that talking about your sleep difficulties in a, let's say, open forum, it's not easy because sleep is supposed to be natural in a sense. So some people feel very isolated. In fact, uh, some, uh, some research has shown that People suffering from insomnia, for example, are have the tendency to socially isolate themselves from other individuals. So you know, there's uh, so th these ideas that you should naturally sleep. You know, <laughs> this is natural. Um, the other thing is that, um, like you're saying, melatonin. You know, I have heard so many different medication or so many over-the-counter, you know, ways to deal with sleep difficulties, it's really hard to change behaviors. And we often go for the easy, you know, easy way to help us. So doing that, you know, uh, using melatonin, as you're mentioning, it's kind of an easy way to deal with your sleep difficulties. However, more and more, what people, you know, you read the text and you, or you listen to something and there will be some catchy sentences that you will, you know, uh, put or set your attention on. And if it's written somewhere that melatonin is good for sleep, even though afterwards it's it does mention that it's mostly for um uh, overseas traveling or when you have an irregular schedule or something like that, you know, people don't read that because it says it's good for sleep. I, I don't know, but, and also what people are not aware, especially in the case of melatonin, is that for us here in Canada, there are no real regulation on what a capsule, you know, or a pill, a melatonin pill will contain of active ingredients. 
It's nothing there. You know, you don't know. It's supposed to be five milligram, five milligram, uh, milligram, but it's not real. You, you're never sure what you will get. If you're taking melatonin at the wrong time or just to, and I hear that a little bit like you, they're giving melatonin to young kids. And I can't believe that, you know, because at the same time, it can uh, make you groggy the next day. Uh, if you're taking too much, you know, and as I mentioned, you know, you never know when one pill compared to the one put two pills aside, you don't know what's har, uh, what's the amount of melatonin there are, you know, in each and every pill. So I walk into the pharmacy section at Costco and I see these uh, 10 milligram bottles of melatonin and I just want to pick up the bottle and shake it at the person behind the counter. Who needs 10 milligrams of melatonin? Why are you selling it in this big of a dough? Anyway, don't even get me started on melatonin. I could be here all day. Especially that your buddy, you know, is producing melatonin, you know, in, in the, in the right way. If you observe some nice behaviors and if you have a regular schedule your melatonin onset will happen at night you know it's normal it's uh, so it, it's uh, it's a shame you know that people resort to to that anyhow as it relates to sleep and our immune systems i'm i'm reminded of a conversation that i had on the second episode of this show with dr adrian owen who is a name i'm i'm sure you're familiar with um and and adrian was talking about the fact that um uh he, he had this idea we talked about this idea that with better sleep we created this fictional character in our heads, you know, this this super successful um, stock market real estate king kind of person who has a billion dollars falling out of their pocket all the time. And they have 10 people on 10 different cell phones all at the same time. They're super high achievers. We came up with the idea that with better sleep that person might have an entire other level of performance that's even higher that maybe they're not even aware of. And I wonder if the impact on our immune system could be the same, where a person who feels like they're healthy as a horse um, with the whatever it is, five or six hours of sleep a night are getting, might have an even stronger immune system if they could just improve their sleep by a little bit. Am I barking up the wrong tree there or am I on to something? What I would say is that the better you sleep, the better your immune system. And it's in this, in this time, this is very important. Yeah. In this time of crisis. And it's such an easy thing to do, isn't it? Because I mean, all you have to do is create the situation for better sleep. I keep seeing people online who judging by what time it is they're tweeting or whatever it is they happen to be doing on social media, I can tell that they're up until 10, 30, 11, 11, 30 at night. And I know that they're getting up for work at five or six the next morning. And so I'm thinking to myself, you're already painting yourself into a corner right out of the gate because you're not even giving yourself a chance of getting seven hours of sleep, much less the seven to nine that we're supposed to be getting. Yeah. 
I totally agree with you. You know, when people with the era of a phone, you know, uh, these intelligent phone, the tablet, the computer that you can bring into your house, uh, into your bedroom or whatever, you know, and especially for adolescents, you know, with the social media, they're waiting for that reply they're waiting for the answer from your other fellow and this is really bad you're right because it, everybody should at least an hour before they go to bed establish a routine and within that routine you shouldn't have your iphone you shouldn't have your tablet you shouldn't have an ipad or whatever it is you know you shouldn't have that so that you have the time to relax and then go to bed you know uh an hour later if you want to do other activities that will relax you this is exciting and you're right, you know, they're cutting on their sleeve just to get that social uh, interaction or because they're looking at all these things, you know, shopping at one o'clock in the morning and so forth. So it shouldn't be. No, it's right. And, you know, kids, you know how kids are, you know, uh, what's the best thing for get a good night's sleep for kids? You need to unwind. And it's the same thing for adults. You know, they need to unwind. They have that routine at night. And you give the bath, you read a story, you do this, you do this, you do this, you know. And after time, when it's time to go to bed, they go to bed. As adults, we have forgotten about that. So, of course, you know, we're doing all kinds of things. Like if we can, you know, vacuum at midnight, you know, to, so that afterwards it will be done. And like if it doesn't have any impact on our sleep. But, of course, we're cutting on our hours of of beneficial sleep because we are doing other uh, activities that are incompatible with sleep. So as a researcher, and of course, obviously, as the president of the Canadian Sleep Society, I, I'm sure there's not much that happens in the sleep research world that, that sneaks past you. So let me ask you this. Are there, <laughs> because here's why I'm asking this question. Um, I, I'm sure that there are people that and I've run into these people online who are of the mindset where they think, oh, sure, yeah, sleep is going to be good for my immune system. And if I want to be skinnier, I should eat less and exercise more and blah, blah, blah. It, like they need to see the numbers. So are there are there numbers that tie sleep and the immune system together? Is there are, are there statistics Are there data that combine those two things? Yeah, there are some research, you know, that I've done, and especially there's a researcher, Irwin, who's doing, has dedicated a lot of his work, you know, on the immune system and sleep. Um, I cannot, from the top of my head now, I cannot give you all the, the uh, numbers, but I know that these studies are targeting especially, you know, the immune system. And we also know, you know, like people that are suffering from insomnia, we also have some data showing that your immune system is uh, weaker uh, when you 
you suffer from insomnia compared to those individuals who are sleeping well. So these are, you know, there are some data out there, you know, that is showing that. So it's just there are so many people that are of this month, like, and I'll, I'll bring this up again, the, the Adrian Owen, his sleep lab at Western did this analysis where, you know, they figured out that they were able to quantify the performance hit that you take from getting less than six hours of sleep a night. And when you say to people, yeah, you get less than six hours of sleep a night. And from a cognitive performance perspective, then you're performing at the same level as someone that's nine years older than you are. Well, when you hit someone with that nine years older, if you sleep less than six hours a night, then they go, oh, okay, there's, there's math, there's numbers. Well, the math can't be wrong. I, I better pay attention to this. Where if we give them these ideas that are, it just works better and you'll feel, it, I feel like, and it's frustrating for me being this guy in the media who's supposed to be able to boil, boil science down into language that the average person behind the steering wheel understands. I, I feel like, uh, like what, do, what more do we need to do to get this message over to you? But apparently data helps. So I always try to dig that up wherever I can. Yeah, yeah. And if you look at, there are many papers, you know, that are talking about the either psychoimmune system, you know, and everything, the psychoneuroimmune system. And what I'm, I'm currently looking at is a paper, you know, that has come out in January 2017 in Neuropsychopharmacology. And they have the title of Sleep Health, Reciprocal Regulation of Sleep and Innate Immunity. So, you know, you ha this is a big review of what has been done. But, you know, it's so clear that there is some association between sleep efficiency and, you know, the, your immune system. I don't know why. I, it's, a, it's always also a matter of how we can, like you were saying, you know, get the message through. And most of the research articles are staying, you know, in research article so it's very hard to communicate to the regular public they know about it but you know until they have the data like you're saying nothing you know goes through but it is um and you, you can have, you know, uh, the interleukin 6 and 8 are two of the, uh, 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 I'll just say that, um, two of the elements of our immune system that are really, really affected by the lack of sleep. So this is, these are uh, uh, example, you know, of what we should do. And the example, the, 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 the study that you mentioned, you know, it's incredible when you look at the lack of sleep and what it does to your immune system, but at, at, at the same time, what it does to your decision making and your attention and all these other cognitive processes. This is some, uh, often through that, you know, that you will reach out to the public, you know, by telling them that, you know, if you don't sleep well, or if you're lacking some sleep, then your decision-making processes are not optimal, 
You know, it's not time after a bad night of sleep to go and buy a house or something like that. You know, <laughs> this is not the right time. <laughs> uh, well, and it's even those micro decisions that we make all day long too, right? Where it's it's things like, is now a good time to make a lane change in my car? If you're sleep deprived, now I don't know if I trust you to make that decision right now and bet it right 100% of the time. Exactly. You know, you're totally right in that regard. And so it's like the immune system is not because we're in that special crisis period right now. People are looking for, you know, the immune system and how to protect it. And just by having a good night of sleep, this will protect your immune system. And it doesn't mean that you won't catch the virus, but you'll be less likely to catch it, of course, you know. So, but it's a, usually on a day-to-day -day basis, usually individual will complain of memory deficits, attention deficit, you know, decision-making problems, uh, you know, and uh, different deficits like that. They, they don't have any... They don't relate, you know, how many times they catch a flu during the year or something like that because of their bad sleep or because they're lacking some sleep. So let me paint a picture for you of some of what the guests we've had on recently have talked about in terms of sleep and your immune system. And then maybe f help me fill in some of the blanks here uh, for people who might have missed those episodes or, or are stumbling upon this for the first time because, you know, we are talking about COVID-19 and coronavirus. Um, among the things that are coming up that because we've established, yes, there is a bulletproof data out there that says sleep will boost your immune system. Okay, great. Um, we've had guests that talk about the idea of exercise as an immune system booster as well. And also has the added benefit of helping your sleep because if you're doing any kind of effective exercise, then the theory would be that maybe it'll tire you out a little bit, which will enhance the quality of your sleep. You mentioned yep. as well earlier, um, the foods that you're eating can also have an impact on your sleep and your immune system and your overall health. So if we start doing a few of these things right, sleep, um, exercise, eating, and we get the immune system boost from that. Talk to me about what else we can do to help up our sleep game a little bit as we're trying to battle this virus. Okay. Uh, so besides uh, the routine that we talked earlier, you know, we need to keep a regular uh, wake and sleep, uh, a regular schedule. Right now we're at home. Most, you know, a lot of people are working from home or they don't have any, uh, they, they, they lost their job. So there are two things, you know, uh, that are inter, uh, in, interfering here. First, you're at home, working at home with kids running you know, <laughs> behind you, in front of you, asking all the times, you know, uh, we need this and we need that. So you need to set time for yourself and try to isolate yourself in a room, you know, that will be good for you and that will give you your one-on-one -on -one time. But you also have to keep a regular schedule. Be besides the routine, the regular schedule, you go... You, even if you're at home, you do like if you were going to work, 
So that means that you wake up at the same time in the morning and you go to bed at the same time in the morning. So this is uh, pretty good. The other thing is that you have to get more, sleep, more uh, sun exposure because we're mostly working from inside the house or we're staying in this confinement time within the house, you need to get some sun exposure. So as much as possible, just go outside. It will reset your, your or keep your circadian clocks, you know, aligned. And we need that because if there is a misalignment in our circadian clocks, then, you know, all, all, all our schedule is mixed up. So we, we need that to be very um, strong. And this might be one of the reasons why it's good also for the immune system. You, you know, going outside, get some vitamin and so forth <laughs> with the sun. This is really good, too. <laughs> so you, you need to do that. And at the same time, if you can exercise and walk, of course. Now, there's something that I wanted to mention is that right now, because of the crisis we're living in, uh, people are more anxious and it's normal to be anxious in this period. It's normal also to have sleep difficulties in this period. Um, and because you're anxious, anxiety uh, is also a downside, if you want to, for your immune system. It's not good. <laughs> so what you need to do is that try to... Um, to lower your anxiety, one thing you can do, one trick you, you can do is that uh, instead of bringing all your worries at, uh, in bed, because we know some people don't have a job anymore, they will have, face financial and, uh, you know, and they have all this to worry, they have to go to food bank and so forth, so it's difficult or they, they're afraid, you know, that they will catch up the disease just by going outside and so forth. Um, we have to, re uh, one way to deal with the anxiety would be to set up a time during the day. You set up like, an hour or 30 minutes of your time during the day. It could be in the morning, it could be in the afternoon. That's good, you know, you set up that time, 30 minutes or one hour, whatever fits for you. And you write down, you know, all your worries. Everything that is creating anxiety for you, you write it down. And then this is your worry time. And you, you, don't, you don't think about it afterwards. So when you get to bed and you, you're starting to think about, oh, my God, what am I going to do tomorrow? Uh, how, I'm going, how am I going to feed the kids and so forth? You said, no, I worried about that today and I'm going to keep it for tomorrow, for my worry time tomorrow. And so people are learning, I think, to... Uh, deal with that on a daily basis instead of projecting in the future all the time. And this helps for falling asleep and this helps your um, immune system because, in fact, this is a vicious circle. If you're anxious or you have all these worries, preoccupation, you bring them to bed, then you don't sleep well. And then, of course, your immune system you know, is uh, affected by that. So it's another way to put it. Yeah, big downward spiral. I don't know if this answers your question, but. 
Oh, one of the things I love about talking to really, really smart people is when they give me their answers, it sparks 74 more questions. So I'm grateful. <laughs> uh, and I've also learned enough not to interrupt a really smart person when they're giving you a great answer. So I want to go back to something that you said a couple of minutes ago and and throw this out just as a thought, because I listened to you talk about getting out into the sun. And I started thinking about all of the people who, as they were setting up their workspace at home so that they could work from home, naturally, so many people probably just automatically looked at, well, oh, I've got room in the basement. I can put a desk in the basement and I can set myself up down there. Well, that might work, but it would be far better for your circadian rhythms and your sleep and all those things is if you could find the biggest window in your house and set your desk up right in front of it. Am I close? Oh, yeah, you're really close. Oh, yeah, this is really something for those people. And I had many conversations like I, I have with you right now with some people, you know, and visually I can see them, you know, they're in the basement. And this is what they say, because an unfinished basement, they have all the. But at least, you know, most people do realize that they have to get out of that basement and go outside and get some sun, you know, or get some fresh air. At least go outside to try to keep your circadian rhythm aligned. This is really important because each and every day, and they do realize it because they're not hungry at the same time. And, you know, they, the schedule is all um, everywhere. So, yes. I do agree with you that those people working in the basement, uh, and I know it's the best way, you know, to find a place. Uh, so because use because kids' room not a good idea. Right in the middle of the living room not a good idea. You know, you don't have uh, the, uh, the 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 quiet that you're supposed to have when you're working or something like that. So of course. People elect the basement as being the best place, you know, to, to go. At the same time, these people should be um, more and more aware that they should go outside. We need that. You know, we need the sun to align our sleep. I'm going to make sure that all of the links to everything associated with sleep on it, uh, which is a terrific initiative from the Canadian Sleep Society. All the information about you, your research, everything that people could possibly want to know is both on our website at thesnoozebutton.com and in the show notes for this episode as well. I'm, I'm looking forward to the day when you and I get a chance to reconnect because, wow, do I really want to have a conversation with you about dreams. But we wanted to focus specifically today on sleep and your immune system and coronavirus and COVID-19. And I feel like um, everything... If you didn't hear the information you're looking for in the conversation, it's covered in the material that we will absolutely make sure to link to. And I want to thank you for making time for this today, because I think it's going to make a difference for a bunch of people. Thank you very much, Neil, to having me on your show, you know, to, for this opportunity to share, to share with, in, with everybody out there, you know, that there are some uh, uh, tips and there are some ways that you can deal, uh, you know, to better your sleep right now. Thank you very much. 
You're more than welcome. Dr. Céline Bastien there, um, president of the Canadian Sleep Society, among other things. All the information on her, her research, the Sleep On It campaign, that's all living on our website at thesnoozebutton.com. Or if you have one of those few podcast apps that manages to keep the show notes intact, it will be there as well. So have a peek. A ton of other things waiting for you at thesnoozebutton.com as well. Links like a place for you to leave questions for our panel of sleep experts easy way to rate and review the show which helps us figure out whether we're going in the right direction you can leave us your feedback you can link to all our social media profiles Uh, and if you want you can even support the show with a donation to help keep it commercial free but remember if you are crunched for time but you're digging the info there are nine minute versions of every episode with a different podcast that we call the snooze button express Uh, it's the highlight package if you will of every week's episode and we are just in the beginning stages of getting caught up on production there back again with more sleep stuff next monday on the snooze button in the meantime my name's neil headley and hey get some sleep would you